Welcome to the Writer Magazine Insider Podcast. I'm Greg Drevenstead, and I have with me Tom Medema, uh, co-founder of Rally for Rangers. Welcome to the show, Tom. Hey, thanks. It's good to be here. Awesome. Rally for Rangers is a really interesting organization, but it's something that our listeners may not be familiar with. Uh, give us a little overview of what Rally for Rangers is, is all about. You bet. Yeah, I appreciate being here. And, and you're right. You're, they probably aren't. Uh, even though we've been around for almost 10 years now, you know, we're still a fledgling little nonprofit project um, that's all volunteer driven. And, and we started in the idea germinated in 2013. Uh, there was a retired park ranger from the U.S. named Bob McIntosh, and he was doing some development work in Mongolia with the national park system there. And on a visit to Lake Hovsgol National Park in northern Mongolia near the Russian border, he was there with the Mongol Ecology Center, which is a nonprofit there that's helping their, their parks develop and expand. Uh, during that meeting about a whole a host of topics on park management, the, the chief ranger had to jump on a motorcycle to go deal with car driving Ill illegally off-road. And as he jumped on his bike and took off, he hit, hit a berm on the side of the road and the motorcycle was in such poor condition that it kind of fell apart right there on the spot. Huh. And uh, Macintosh uh, was just incensed with the, the condition of the ranger's equipment, um, not just the motorcycle, but just in general. And so on the spur of the moment, right there on the spot, he committed to come back the next year and ride from Ulaanbaatar 10 days or whatever to that national park and give that ranger a nice new motorcycle. And, um, you know, and this is a retiree and uh, somebody who hadn't ridden a ton, but he just was inspired. So he was there with Wesley Thornberry and Ono Batku from the Mongol Ecology Center. And Wesley's a rider. And he was like, that's a good idea. I said, I'm going to do that too. And started talking about it. And one year later, in July of 2014, uh, 15 of us rode 10 days from Ulaanbaatar on 15 new Yamaha AG200s to the shores of Lake Havsgol, and not just give that chief ranger a new motorcycle, but all 15 of the rangers there at the lake got a new Yamaha AG200, well, 10 days broken in, uh, motorcycle <laughs> rally. Right, right. And, uh, and it was like, wow, you know, and there was so much interest, we did it again in 2015 with 20 bikes. Uh, to the Darhad Valley and three parks just to the west. And then it was like, okay, we got to pause for a minute because we're on to something here. And so we took 2016 off. And then in 2017, again, back to Mongolia, there's a lot right. of parks and a lot of motorcycles needed just there. Uh, but then we started seeing the opportunities, of course, elsewhere. Motorcycles are used all over the world. And so we've since then gone to Argentina and Nepal, Peru, just got back from Namibia a couple of weeks ago, 15 motorcycles for the first time in Africa. So it's just kind of taken on uh, a life of its own. It's pretty remarkable. And next year's our 10 year anniversary all of a sudden. Wow. So how, how did you, uh, you said a little bit about how Wesley Thornberry uh, got involved. How did you get involved in these 15 people that were part of this first, you know, uh, I guess the first rally for Rangers really? How did, how did you yeah. guys get involved? Yeah, I was one of the last ones in um, that first year. It was mostly a Bay Area cohort of friends. Um, they, they worked together um, at companies like The Gap and a few other places, some photographers and uh, and other designers and others in, in that community in the Bay Area got together. And a bunch of them were on that first trip, most of them from California. And uh, But that May, uh, two months before, a month before the rally, I had never heard of it. 
And uh, a group from Mongolia, uh, from that park system, along with Mac and Wesley and Ono, came to Yosemite National Park, where I was working as a ranger. Okay. And they were just doing that same thing that Macintosh was doing over, over there. They were coming here to learn how our parks operate. So um, I just raised my hand to meet with the Mongolian delegation because I love international affairs and I'd never knowingly met a Mongolian before. And so I took the meeting and was talking about what I do and how we operate there. And then they started talking about this motorcycle rally they were doing and I they could see me just kind of like, you know, go slack jawed and just like, <laughs> I'd never ridden off road, mind you, never. In, okay, you know, I, okay. I had a, a BMW um, R1200C, the cruiser, Harley Davidson before that. So, but they were, they could see, you know, that I was interested and, and like a day later, they said, you know, we had somebody drop out, we have an opening, you know, would you like to go? And, you know, I was like, what, you know, one month from now, you know, ride Mongolia. <laughs> on a, like, I'd never been to Asia. You know, it was, right, it was right. wow. unbelie- unthinkable. Yeah. And so, you know, talk to my wife and talk to my family and, and, you know, they helped me raise the 5,000 I needed in, in four weeks, five weeks. Wow. I borrowed a friend's uh, Kawasaki KLX and did a couple hours on the fire roads, you know, to see what off-road riding was like. And sure. I was like, well, I could do this. <laughs> And uh, and showed up, you know, and I met everybody virtually for the first time, you know, when I got there. So uh, but because I was a ranger in the States, because I, you know, was was just so connected to what they were doing. You know, it was really Wesley and I that bonded there and in, in, in with Macintosh and the team really took the initiative to see that this wasn't a one time thing. And so then I just now I've been in Mongolia riding eight times and wow. you know, it's, just, it's become a a part of my life. It's my evenings and weekends, you know, and in right. right. vacation time. It's not, right. you know, it's not a full-time job for any of us. Right. But yeah, so it was quite a quite an accidental occurrence that got me involved. And they're generous to call me a co-founder. Right. You know, it was again, it wasn't a it wasn't meant to be founding anything that first year. It was right. just a one-time right. thing. Sure. It wasn't even sure. called Rally for Rangers. Right. It was called the Blue Waves campaign. And so we we co-founded this thing called Rally for Rangers, um, but I'm I, I was the third one in for sure of the three of us. Well, that's quite an off-road baptism to basically have ten days in a country that very few people ride motorcycles. I mean, there's of course some of these round-the-world travelers that have gone through that, that part of the world, but it's it's very it's a very uncommon destination for motorcyclists. What was that experience like for you to ride in in that area for uh, for for such a long period of time? Yeah, it was it was terrifying. Um, it was, <laughs> you know, just going into Asia for the first time, going to Ulaanbaatar, Mongolia, and to this, you know, Asian city for the first time. You know, food that I don't recognize. You know, horse meat at the first meal at dinner, like just things, all kinds of things, right, um, are overwhelming you. But that first day, getting out of town, I'd never ridden in in an Asian city um right. like that and in u.s cities can be like that too but it's not as chaotic uh right. and so and then within the first hour of being off road on the first day i mean within minutes i was immediately aware that the pace was much greater than i was ready for right. you know we were in it we were in a two sandy two track right off right. the the pavement sure. and immediately i was like okay i'm i know i'm in over my head i've got to back off a little bit and uh, I just didn't know. I didn't know what to think. I didn't I didn't want to just bail. And then within the first hour, the rider in front of me uh, went over his handlebars and broke his collarbone. So we had an extraction on the first day, first hour of the first day. Oh, man. And and it was also then that it dawned on me that I didn't have travel insurance. And every <laughs> Everything had happened so quickly. 
right, right. That it just didn't happen. And right. so, so literally then I'm gripped, right? I'm just, I'm gripped. And at the end of each of the first few days, I'm, I'm just dead because I'm, yeah. I'm so gripped. I'm, you know, you're all of those things, those have been through it, you know, you know, and doing all the wrong things. Right. And, uh, but we had, um, we had a pretty remarkable, you know, guide with us. Um, and his name's, you know, it's funny, this comes up now because Mike just passed um, on Monday. Uh, oh, sorry in Mongolia, that. in Mongolia, unexpectedly uh, of a heart ailment, Mike Britton from Australia, from New Zealand, I'm sorry. Huh, I, I, yeah, I didn't expect this to overlap, actually. Sorry. Right, right, uh, so right. he just passed away in Mongolia, getting ready to lead yet another trip. Not for us. Mm -hmm. But so anyway, he he saw what I was going through and he saw that I was at the back. Right. And he was tail rider. And so he took me on as a project and which right. is you know part of what he does. And and started teaching me, and I, I can tell you, I remember as I'm riding, seeing in my rearview mirror that all of a sudden he's going off in a different direction. I'm like, why is he doing that? <laughs> you know, because he saw something I didn't see, right? Right, right. And, and so I started to to figure it out, and then just as a lifelong athlete, and particularly as an alpine skier, uh, I remember when I figured it out. I remember a left hand turn at speed when I figured out counterbalance, when I figured out cornering, when I took those, and then I started remembering that like Bodie Miller and um, Lindsey Vaughn, a lot of these people do motocross in the off season because okay. the skill sets um, for body positioning, athleticism, vision are dead on. Yeah, line selection, absolutely, yeah. Alpine ski racing. And so yeah. all of a sudden I'm in moguls or I'm in a powder field, I'm in sand or I'm, right. and I just became, more adept all the time right. Right. and the following year when i went back i, I didn't never drop the bike oh fantastic in days of yeah. riding in mongolia you know and yeah. so that mike britain was was just key to that and then yeah. that that my own background coming to me right. and, and putting me on the bike so it was so i became an adventure rider i sold right. the, the, the the cruiser bought a gs um right you know like i'm all in you know right. And, right. and now it's become just a huge part of my life Oh, it makes a lot of sense to me, especially if you're a park ranger. I mean, you're used to being, uh, you know, uh, outdoors and perhaps in backcountry areas and, and you know, dual sport and adventure motorcycles can take you to places that uh, street bikes can't. But I also, uh, you know, I started out like you as a street rider and my introduction to riding off-road was also pretty, um, pretty scary. You know, it's just like some of your instincts for what you do on the road when you have a lot more traction um, uh, you know, don't apply in a low traction situation. So, but at the same time, I also remember like I've had moments where it really did click for me, whether it was riding through sand, which almost everybody hates or something like that. So that you were able to get to that point. And, um, but also that, you know, that, uh, yeah, you didn't want to have an, an extraction from Mongolia. That's a, that's some, a consideration. You can't just hero your way through a bunch of stuff and, and there, there could be some consequences could be a long way, long way to the nearest hospital. So yeah, um, yeah it sounds like really quite an, ex study. quite an experience, especially yeah. if that's your first trip to Asia. Wow. No doubt. No doubt. I, I feel fortunate that I was, that I got through it, you know, and you know, the funny that second year I hadn't dropped. And so one of the beauties or one of the things in on the Mongolia trips is if you make it through the rally without dropping your bike, you get a bottle of Chingis gold vodka. That's our reward because uh, we want to uh, deliver the bikes in the best condition possible, right? Sure, absolutely. And so yeah. very few people manage, you know, to get right. the bottle right. of vodka. And so the second year, that 2015 year, I hadn't dropped at all. 
and we were two hours from the you know the end of the ride and I was off in a, in a in just an open field and just enjoying kind of being in it was a pasture and uh and all of a sudden I realized that even though it was green to the horizon uh there was a cut bank riverbed right in front of me six to eight foot drop straight down these the opposite side was the sloping bank and it was green so you right. couldn't see it until right. you were on completely top. hidden yeah and I locked up, went over the handlebars, came down on the, the riverbed. The bike landed on top of me like I, it could have broken both my wrists. It could have, yeah. you know, um, I damaged the bike, which was really what tore me up, you know, was sure. a big, right. big dent in the tank. And, you know, so those things are always around the corner. And that's adventure riding, right? You know that. Right. Um, and that's part of what the whole rally situation has been about. And we've been very fortunate in, in most instances all throughout all the rallies. But that is part of adventure riding for sure. So tell us a little bit more about the motorcycles that you're delivering. I, I think you mentioned they're kind of smaller displacement. Uh, were they Yamaha dirt bikes? Uh, what, what kind of bikes were they? Yeah, doing? so it depends on the country that we're in. We, sure. so we started okay. with the, the uh, in Mongolia, it's the Yamaha AG200. Uh, okay. In Namibia, we just d delivered the Yamaha AG125, so okay. even smaller. It depends on, we want to source locally. We want to source a bike that they can fix, that's easy to fix, that's right. you know easy to maintain. The, the ag bike, the AG200, you know, fully encased, self-lubricating chain, tons of rack space, low torque, wow. big seat. Like it is a great beast yeah. of burden and yeah. but so much better than the old Russian or Chinese bikes that they're trying to stick together with bailing wire and duct tape. You know, it's a it's right. still a performance right. machine. Right. And so um, so we choose we, we support the local economy by buying 15 bikes in the host city. In right. Nepal, in Kathmandu, it was uh, Yamaha XTZ 125s. In Argentina, it was Beta Argentina um, 2.0s. In Peru, it was the Honda XR 190. So oh, in Bhutan, Royal Enfield Himalayan, that was the biggest bike that right. we've, we've taken. So we ask, we don't ask, you know, what we want to ride. We ask the recipient country, what bikes do you need to help outfit right. the Rangers better? We're also not introducing bikes where they don't already use them. We're, you know, we're not bringing in a tool that they don't know how to fix. They don't know how to ride. They don't, you know, because that's a lot of questions. Times people ask, well, do you maintain the bikes after you leave them there? And it's like, no, that's right. their responsibility. Right. We're right. providing the bike, but we're also not giving them something. They're like, what do I do with this? They, they right. already know. They know how okay. to feel, fix everything. Right. And right. So, um, so yeah, so a it's lot of sense. Small displacement to help them get, yeah. you know, navigate to where they need to go to combat poaching and all that. Lightweight and so forth. Well, I mean, uh, you know, uh, clearly it was a it was a um, transform transformative experience for you that first year. You said that uh, you went back the following year with uh, uh, also back to Mongolia to a different area with more people, and then, uh, like I said, it sounds like you guys built up some momentum, and then you've seen needs uh, in other countries. I mean, there are a lot of uh, you know developing nations that have uh, vast uh, you know national park lands and so forth, and. Anybody who has ever sees nature documentaries or anything, or you read about things about poaching as a problem, there's there's very you know there's endangered species, but that's it's uh, poaching is always a problem. So these are rangers, like you said, who are already doing uh, their patrolling on motorcycles and they're covering uh, just truly backcountry areas uh, all over the world. Yeah, no, that's exactly right. We know 
we know that in the, the Western world, so to speak, right. in the U.S. and elsewhere, they, they tend to be, you know, recreational vehicles. That's mostly right. what motorcycles are used right. for. In some cases, delivery of pizza or, you know, they're right. used right. for work. BLM right. Rangers, they, they use motorcycles to border patrol and other things. But it's not common. But if, as right. we know, anybody who travels knows that in these other countries, they are ubiquitous for family life, for getting to school, for going to work, you know, for doing ranger work, like a horse and a motorcycle in Mongolia. And by the way, occasionally they ride reindeer. You know, these are, are things that that help them accomplish those missions. And it could be response to wildfire, could be search and rescue, you know, in addition to poaching, which we know is a huge problem out there. So they're using them every day for all kinds of things. And so now they have a more reliable form of transportation. They can go further, faster, their family members have thanked us because their spouses actually get home earlier from patrols because they have right, a certain right. area they have to patrol. Right. So they might, you know, they could get home a half a day sooner um, from a multi-day patrol because this bike is it doesn't break down as much, you know, it's faster. Um, so yeah, it's it's really cool to see, you know, again, just providing better equipment in addition to other things that we can provide that that's helping them do their job. So uh, are there other uh, uh, pieces of equipment that you do provide as well? Is it just the motorcycle? Do you provide? I know you said a lot of these folks are already used, you know, these rangers are already used to maintaining their own motorcycles, uh, though typically of an inferior quality. Is there other things that they also need to help them do their jobs that's part of this uh, program? So there's a lot of things they need and that that we don't bring in large numbers, but that we bring sporadically, you know, okay. so they're all using camping gear, right? And nice. when you look at what the Mongolian, if, if people get a chance to see our documentary film, they will see them, you know, see them setting up camp and basically just sleeping right. outside in the winter next to a fire. Right. Um, you know, Big Agnes has been a great partner of ours and they'll send us a tent or bags or something and we can bring That's those and, and give them. So they maybe they have a sleeping pad for the first time to sleep on instead of the right. ground. Right. You know, uh, drones have become a tool um, in the anti-poaching work where they can safely then, once they know they're in range of a poaching camp, perhaps, they don't have to go right into it. They can scope it with a drone. They can even scare them off with a drone. Right. Um, yeah. So, uh, and then now that we're looking at doing some things here in the U.S. with tribal parks, for example, in South Dakota, uh, night vision equipment is something that we're working on getting for the Pine Ridge Reservation Ogallala Sioux Park Rangers because a lot of poaching happens at night and they can do a much job, you know, much more safely uh, if they've got night vision equipment, drones, GPS units, communication systems, all of those things that we, any of those things we can bring are a benefit because they really have next to nothing. Right. Well, uh, you mentioned your, uh, the documentary was made in 2018. It's called Rally for Rangers. Uh, I was able to see a, a trailer on your website, uh, which is rallyforrangers.org. Is there a way that people can view the 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 documentary? Um, how, how right now it's on tour. So it so we started it in 2018. We okay. it just launched this year. So oh, it wow. because of because of COVID and right. you know all right. the other delays, we were filming right up through 2021, okay. and um, we were the first tour group um, allowed back into Mongolia in September of 2021. And uh, that was when we captured the the final footage of the documentary. Okay. And then 2022 was spent with Fisher Creative, you know, editing, and and then we launched. And um, yeah, the so right now it's on tour, and so it's it can only be seen upcoming. Um, it'll be shown at uh, Overland Expo, Rocky Mountain Overland Expo uh, this okay. month. Dirt Days, New Hampshire right. um, this month, Whale and Wayne weekend, I'm going down there uh, next month. And so that's where it's, on, it's right. on tour at the moment. And it's being submitted to film festivals. We just got excited. It, it entered 
um, accepted into a really exciting film festival that I can't talk about for about another 10 days uh, okay. in, the, in the UK. So okay. super excited Fantastic. about that. Um, right. We won Best Picture at the Colorado Environmental Film Festival back in February. Wow. Um, I showed it at the Revzilla event, you know, a couple of weeks ago up in South Dakota. So it, it, right now we're trying to find more venues for it. And we're open to dealerships and other places to show it. We're looking at a couple of places in New York City for a showing. So we're not going to put it online yet, you know, because right. we're looking at distribution and other options for it. Um, but there's a lot of other good footage out there, as well as the the Namibia video that was just put together. That will be coming up soon on our YouTube channel as well. Great. So, Great. yeah, super excited about that. Well, uh, there's a couple other things I wanted to ask about uh, you. Um, you mentioned uh, South Dakota. You've got a Black Hills rally coming up uh, in September. Uh, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, you know, the the we, we haven't talked yet about the model of this this whole okay, thing. Okay, yeah. This, sure. this is about volunteerism and what I'm calling adventure philanthropy. So okay. it is like a 10K for cancer where you sign up to to raise funds and you're gonna run and you're gonna raise money from your friends and family to support, you know, the the the, the work against cancer by doing running a 10K. Right. Well, we have the same model. You're going to travel to Mongolia. You're going to raise $11,000 through your friends and family. And some people can pay themselves, but we love it when people do fundraising because it helps spread the word and build the community. And that buys the motorcycle, pays for the cost of the event. And 15 of us do that each time. And we go off to these different places. And so we re we're recruiting volunteers to join us all the time. And so, but, you know, two weeks away overseas, um, you know, the travel, food issues, you know, the ability to right. raise that much money, all of those things are certainly a barrier for many. So right. we thought, what can we do here in the U.S. where it's a lower cost of entry, both of my time and my money and help domestically? And right. tribal parks really floated to the surface. Um, places like Monument Valley and the Navajo Tribal Parks in Arizona. Uh, and then the Ogallala Sioux Parks in South Dakota, right on the edge of the Black Hills in the Badlands area. Um, so we're going to go ahead and we're sticking our toe in the water and we're still recruiting. We still have open seats. Um, we have a max of 30 people and we're going to ride for a, a long weekend in the Black Hills. Amazing riding. I learned that a couple of weeks ago and on the Pine Ridge Reservation. And we're each going to raise a couple thousand dollars a piece. And then we're going to buy equipment for the Ogallala Sioux Park Rangers who will also join us on the weekend and buy them night vision equipment, perhaps a drone or two and other equipment for their use. So we get the adventure. Uh, the rangers get, you know, the bikes and the other support. They don't need motorcycles um, there. So if we raise enough, we might get them a side-by-side. -side. But we're going to use our bikes um, to ride and raise money uh, to support tribal parks. And we hope to do that with different tribal parks around, you know, the U.S. in the years to come. September is our first effort at that. And so, again, that information is is available on, on the website, linked off of there on our social media, too. So pretty exciting new venture for us. And, sure, uh, sure. I mean, and also, like you said, it's much more accessible for people who may be interested, who, you know, don't live too far away, maybe a couple states away. And they're like, hey, I would love to ride there. Um, I think the dates are September 21st through the 24th. Like you said, it's it's a long weekend. Uh, people would be riding their own bike. So it would be, it's less of a time or financial commitment. Uh, but also, you still have the fundraising model. You have a, a fundraising minimum right. for people that are going to participate in addition to the cost of. of That's right. And we've decided, you know, the minimum is, you know, minimum-ish. Like we're, we're yeah. we don't want we don't want the minimum to be a barrier. We want to be right. able to raise as much money as we can. Now, when we're going to Mongolia, we have to pay for that motorcycle. Like right. that's an absolute right. minimum. Right. But um, we have riders coming from California, three from here in D.C., one from Boston, um, and then like you said, Nebraska, 
Chicago, places around there. And so we're going to arrive on Thursday and then Friday, Saturday, we're going to curate some rides for people. We're going to do some of the new um, Black Hills BDRX, you know, that was just announced with. Oh, right, just released. Yeah. Team. Yeah, exactly. I was up there for that release, which was exciting. So it's going to be a fun weekend. And then to meet the Rangers, you know, and actually see where they work and the challenge that they face and, and use our motorcycles to give them something they need. Like it's, it's the best. Right. Well, uh, sounds like a, a great event. Uh, you know, it, like I said, anybody who is interested, uh, rallyforrangers.org has uh, the information. You will include a link in the show notes for sure. Uh, you've also got something else that uh, I, I find an interesting fundraising concept. You've got a sweepstakes for the Mongolia 2024 Rally for Rangers. How does that work? Yeah, that's right. So this was talking about BDR. Um, right. I, I love BDR, both for what it is and for how they do their work. And so I've been, you know, just admiring them as a nonprofit. And and they've done in other organizations like the Colorado Trails Alliance, um, they do successful motorcycle giveaways. Lots of people do that. And we're like, do we need to flood the market with another one? Let's not compete. Let's do what do we have, you know, that nobody else has. We have a $15,000 experience um, riding in Mongolia. And so we decided we were going to go ahead and go for it and, um, and, and sell tickets, you know, to raise money for a sweepstakes to give away an all expenses paid trip, including flights from wherever you live. And that's not just yeah. the U.S. There right. you, can, you can get tickets in at least 20 or 30 different countries. I've sold them in Australia and Finland and the U.K., um, and this is our big fundraiser. And there's also a cash option. And okay. there's an option if you don't ride. Um, okay. If you want to be on the support team, but you want to go to Mongolia and you want to give a motorcycle, okay. we'll still buy that bike. You still come. You can ride with the support team. So there's lots of ways, you know, for people to enter. And uh, and I got to say, like, I'm stoked. We we just broke over the $15,000, you know, break-even barrier. And now, right. you know, this is the first time we've ever done a fundraiser just to help run the organization. Everything else has been to cover the next rally and then, you know, the next rally, but nothing to actually buy materials for the show or have a computer or, you know, just run an organization. So it's really exciting um, and to help give more gear like the non-motorcycle things we're talking about. Um, so, yeah, so it's a great opportunity for people to support the cause um, to get the chance to win, you know, an amazing and it's our first year doing it. So sure. we're not going to sell, you know tens of thousands of tickets. And so the odds also are good, I would say. Right. I would encourage right. people. Um, <laughs> every every dollar goes towards this incredible mission, right? right. So you, you're, you're giving something, you're donating no matter what. Uh, so it's exciting. And it's running through October. And we're okay. also getting ready to spice it up a little bit. We've gotten some some add-ins from, um, from Revit, from Climb, uh, from Senna Bluetooth, Double Take nice. Mirrors. Um, and so it's just going to be a kind of a rolling thing through October. And we're going to launch and, you know, announce the winner in October. So, yeah, spread the word and, and, you know, donate to get some tickets. Absolutely. I was on your website. I saw it's like for one entry tickets, $25. You buy tickets in higher numbers. You get them at a discounted rate. Uh, I'm certainly going to buy a ticket or several of them because the idea of being able to uh, to go to Mongolia, I, I know that the time frame is a little bit, uh, it, it's it's sometime next summer, but it, like you said, it's a two week commitment, but it sounds like the, you know, for you, it was a trip of a lifetime. It really changed the course of your life and, and you got involved with running this organization that you strongly believe in. Um, for somebody to be able to participate in this uh, is the sort of thing where a lot of people uh, want to go travel to some interesting part of the world, but maybe they don't have the, the means to do so. And so, yeah, you could be lucky enough to to perhaps win the sweepstakes and get a chance to do that. So, so here's, let, me, uh, let me let me tease a little something that, that is not certain yet. So you all <laughs> okay. can't hold me to it just yet. 
but it's it's nearly certain that we're going to add next year's other countries to the sweepstakes. So it's winner's choice. Oh, wow. Um, we just haven't dialed everything in yet for certain. So but there's a there's a, a good chance we'll do Peru in May, Mongolia okay. in July and Bhutan again in October. Wow. And so, um, again, not an, it is not confirmed until it's confirmed. Right. But there's a good, very good chance that the winner will get to choose their destination wow. because not everybody's got the chops to ride Mongolia. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> personal experience. Yeah. But Bhutan, you know, on a Royal, right. Royal Enfield, much different yeah. experience. Right? right. And and also it's Bhutan. Um, right. So I would let people know that that keep an eye out, you know, for that okay. as well. Um, and we'll we'll announce that on you know Instagram, Facebook, and the website and everything. So make sure people are following us on the socials, and we've got a mailing list going. So we we always want more people on the mailing list as well. So all those things will help. Great, we'll have links to all that uh, in the show notes. And you know your organization is a nonprofit. I know you've talked about uh, ways in which people could be actual participants in rallies. Uh, they could buy tickets to one of these sweepstakes and potentially participate that way. But folks, uh, if they're interested, I believe, uh, you know, want to support your organization, can they just make donations? Are they tax deductible? How does it work? Absolutely. Yeah, the, it's the Mongol Ecology Center is the parent fiscal agent. That's a 501c3 here in the USA. So okay. people can absolutely go to rallyforrangers.org, hit donate and make a donation to help support the cause. That's a beautiful thing. We love it. We also, for the first year ever this year, launched a, a, a store. So we have merch. Um, and that there's a link to that on the website as well. It's a Shopify account. We have, you know, our new poaching sucks t-shirts, um, <laughs> you know, stickers, camp cups, um, that, that poaching sucks moniker has been catching on because we all can agree cancer sucks. Right. Yeah. Poaching sucks right. that we can agree. Right. And, uh, so there's some cool stuff. If you want to, you know, participate that way, you can show, you know, show the love, you know, with, with a t-shirt sure. or a, a sticker or whatever, donate to the cause. Sounds good. Well, Tom, uh, I really appreciate you sharing with us uh, what Rally for Rangers is all about. Uh, I'd heard of the organization, but wasn't really that familiar with it. So uh, doing the background research, I got really excited. You know, I, you know, I like a lot of other people, I've done some adventure riding, I've done some off-road riding and camping and, and have those sorts of aspirations to do some sort of, you know, exotic motorcycle travel. And so the idea of possibly being able to participate, uh, buying a sweepstakes ticket uh, or something like that. It's, it's a great organization. So I appreciate what you do for not only the motorcycle community, but really for, you know, helping people that are clearly under, um, uh, they, they don't have enough resources to do really important jobs, which is trying to protect our, uh, you know, natural lands and resources in different countries, uh, endangered species and so forth. So uh, it's, a, it's a great cause. So uh, yeah, it's great. Fantastic. Yeah, it's great, Greg. Thank you. Yeah, we appreciate that. And we feel the same way. And that's what that's the other thing is once you do it once, most people come back and do it again. Right. Like right. once you personally meet that ranger and hand them that gift and you see that exchange, like it, right. we've got people now that have done six, seven, eight times in different wow. countries. And they so yeah, yeah, it's pretty special. Um, and again, we really appreciate the support, you know, Rider Magazine and, and you reaching out and and this community of people. That's just what we need is just a bigger sure. community of people helping that benefits us all. Well, it's great. Like I said, you've sounds like you've been involved with some of the active, uh, you know, aspects of the adventure com motorcycling community, uh, different events, Overland Expo, ADV on Fest, and so so forth. So it's great that you're able to get the word out with your um, with your documentary film and so forth. And again, I encourage anybody who's interested, intrigued, uh, you know, may want to buy a, a, a raffle ticket or support the organization. Go to uh, rallyforrangers.org. Uh, we'll have links to the the website and social media channels and so forth in the show notes and. Tom, again, thanks for your time. Appreciate you coming on the show. Thank you, Greg. Really appreciate it. 
for the Rider Magazine Insider Podcast. I'm Greg Drevenson. Thanks for listening and keep the rubber side down. If you've enjoyed listening to the Rider Magazine Insider Podcast, please subscribe, leave us a positive rating, and tell your friends. We also encourage you to visit ridermagazine.com where you can get the latest in motorcycle news and reviews and sign up for our free weekly newsletter. You can also subscribe to print and digital editions of Rider Magazine, which is published 12 times a year. Thanks again for listening.